0: Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast. Wherever you find yourself today, you belong here. And we hope that this word uplifts and inspires you in your daily life. Here's this week's message. Welcome to Grace Church. I'm so glad that you're with us, whether you're online or you're here in person, which I see a lot of familiar faces. Welcome back to church. Welcome back to this place and this space. I'm so glad to see you, uh, even though it looks like you guys are all robbing me right now, you know, with all the, with all the masks. I mean, it's kind of intimidating, uh, but, uh, but it's so glad, uh, so good to be together, to gather together. Hey, something that they didn't uh, announce in the, this week's announcements is that next week we're doing our annual business meeting, our annual meeting, where I, I like to call it a family meeting. It's where we talk about, you know, uh, what has happened here in the last year and all the good things that God has done. If you're a member here at Grace Church, we really want you to be here. It'll be after the 11. 11- 30. I got to get used to that 1130 service. Uh, immediately after that, we'll be having our annual business meeting. And if you're thinking to yourself, like, I don't know if I'm a member here or I want to be a member, just contact the church office this week. We'll be happy to give you all the details on how to, how to work through that, get through that process, and, and know who we are and join us as an official member here at Grace Church. But I'm just so glad that you guys are here today. Uh, we are um, excited for what God is doing. Uh, can't we just give God the glory right now, just give him the praise for what he's doing in our lives in church. You just can't do that enough. You just can't do that enough. So I'm excited for that. Um, well, let's, let's begin with prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, that we can gather together, God, whether it's online or here in person, God, with your body, that we are connected to something bigger than we could ever imagine, God, and that is your body here, God. And uh, we're just so thankful for that. We pray that our hearts will be open and to be able to receive what you have for us, all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen, amen. Well, hey, if you've been with us, you know that we are in a series on Psalms 23. Psalms 23. Uh, it's a famous psalm. It's one that, that many people know, whether they grew up in church or not, you've heard it somewhere. And so we get to take time this season to unpack that. And so I've been really excited diving into that study, and I hope that, uh, that you will be just as excited at the end of this study as I am, as, uh, as I've been able to uh, look at it with a new light and new insight. So we're, we're going to be ready for that. So let's read through this Psalms together. So if you, if you can, if you're here with us in person, will you stand to your feet? We don't do this very often, but I think it's appropriate right now is we're going to read through this Psalm. Uh, some of you guys grew up in a tradition where every time they read through scripture, you stood. So, uh, so I just think there's something about that, just standing and reading this word. So we're going to read it together. If you're online, you can read it out loud, but you don't have to stand. I mean, that might, I don't know, just do what you want to do. But for those of us that are here, You're standing, and we're going to have it up on the screen here. We're going to read it together, and uh, give me your good, uh, good reading voice here. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I like to say that at the end. You go ahead and take a seat here. Man, what a powerful passage of scripture. I mean, let's give God one more praise for giving us such a wonderful passage. Come on, let's give God the glory for just a wonderful passage. I'm telling you, I've uh, just found myself more connected to this passage as I've been diving into it and studying throughout it. Uh, last week, we studied verse one. We're going to take a verse by verse step in, in unpacking what all of this passage means to us and what God is trying to get into us and and put in our hearts. But we started out with, with the first verse that says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Last week we talked about the benefits of making the Lord our shepherd, and I shared with you that in the original language, in the Hebrew, it, it starts out as, as God's covenant name. It says, Yahweh is my shepherd. And Yahweh is the name that God gave himself when he made a covenant with his people. He is the great I am. And when you can start there, then you can finish well, right? When you can start there and understand that God, the Yahweh, the great creator God, he is with me and he is leading my life. And that's what David is saying. That's where he starts this passage in, in that spirit, in that posture. Now, today, in week two, we're going to look at verse two, which is probably one of, the, one of the verses that really grabs you when you first read through this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides still waters. What an amazing image, right? Like When you read that, when you hear that, you think of just this tranquil, peaceful place. I think we all long for that, don't we? Don't we long for a place where we feel like we are in green pastures and still waters? It does something to our soul. It causes us to want and yearn for a peaceful place, to have this type of rest. And I think it's interesting that David, on purpose, is starting there. He says, after I establish that God is leading my life, that Yahweh is my shepherd, I can know and I can rest assured and I can anchor down my faith in believing that he is the God that will provide for me the type of rest that my soul longs for. That type of rest, real rest, rest for your soul. And I think it's interesting that he starts out this psalm with anchoring us down to how do we find rest, real rest for our soul. We know rest is something that I think all of us think that like we can, we can get more of, right? Like we all want a little bit more. Rest. I know the guy who, who uh, has this newborn baby at home, right? He's like, preach. <laughs> and we want to know how do we discover this? Now, now I'm just going to give you a little bit about my, uh, share a little bit about myself uh, and my journey for physical rest, for physical rest. Now, the last 10 years i had problems uh with a healthy consistent sleep pattern i i I was not sleeping well Uh, it was really rough i felt tired all the time Uh, i didn't know what was going on and uh, through the encouragement of my wife she finally pushed me to to go see a sleep doctor go go and uh, take a sleep study and so i did now when i got there and i started spending time with the doctor and the doctor started sharing with me stuff about, about uh, the dangers and the risk of sleep deprivation. It was a big aha moment. Now, I know some of you guys, you guys know all this stuff. But for me, I mean, it was a light bulb. It was a revelation. It was an awakening for me to understand how vital sleep is. You know, they shared with me some, uh, some danger, some risk that, that affects my brain. And, 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 a, and, and I get memory loss more often that I'm unable to concentrate that I would have drastic mood swings. Some of you guys are checking off the list going, man, maybe I'm lacking some sleep here. You know, when you don't have enough sleep, enough rest for your body, it, it increases your anxiety and, and it could increase depression. It can give you a weak immune system. It, it can give you high blood pressure. You have a higher risk for diabetes and heart disease. Uh, you could experience more weight gain and low energy. And, and check this out. It affects your balance and your reflexes. And this is just a few of the things that happens when somebody is not getting enough sleep. That's a big toll, isn't it? I mean, we understand that, that when lack of sleep, and many of us have experienced that or are experiencing that, uh, we know it takes a toll on us physically, let alone thinking about what it takes, how it takes a toll on us emotionally and, and, might I say, spiritually. See, we have that need for rest. We have that need for sleep in our body. We, we need that. We need sleep and we need rest. And when I mean sleep, I mean physical. But when I mean rest, I mean mental and spiritual. How many of you know that? How many understand that? You know, I did some research on this and, and, I, and, and check this out. In America, 70% of adults report that they obtain insufficient sleep at least one night a week. And for the guy here that has a newborn baby, he's just like, man, I would do anything for just one night of not getting enough sleep. 11% of that 70% reported insufficient sleep every night. So here's the bottom line. The bottom line is this, is that millions of Americans have a problem with resting and sleeping. You're like, "Uh uh-huh, amen to that. You know, most of us don't get enough sleep, and it's creating all sorts of issues in our lives all sorts of problems in our lives. And the truth of the matter is is that we are spiritual beings that, are, that have a body and have a soul. And I believe that it all works together. It all gets affected. And it's all part of who we are. And I think that there are things in our lives that we don't take care of. It's going to affect those areas. Now, we can understand that that we need rest for our bodies. We understand that. That's, that's a thing that doesn't take much for us to understand. But how many know that we also need to prioritize getting rest for our souls? Right. Finding rest for our souls. And I think that two of the main things that causes us to, to not have rest for our souls are two things. Worry and fear. Yeah. Right? Those are the things that, that, that get us restless. That, that brings anxiety. That, that helps us not, or makes us not want to relax. So here's the key for that this morning, is that we have to choose. It all begins with the choice. It all begins with the decision that you get to make. We have to choose to find rest in our good shepherd's care. We have to choose that. It starts with trusting and choosing to trust. Now, here's the thing. There's only one other creature on this planet that has more problems with sleep than humans do, believe it or not. And it's not dogs or cats. Because if you own a dog or a cat, you know that those guys can sleep anywhere at any time, right? I, I have a boxer, and, uh, and man, that guy, he could sleep anywhere. Anywhere. His name's Rocky. I, I'm envious of him and how he could just sleep anywhere. I walked into the house, and this is, this is him sleeping. And he didn't even move. I walked in. He, I know he heard me. He didn't, he didn't move. He, he was sound asleep. He was comfortable. That's just the way he sleeps. That's who he is. Uh, and, and sometimes I look at him, and I was like, man, how do you do that? You know, and we know he's asleep because he snores. And so he, I walked in and he, he didn't move. But the animal that has the hardest time sleeping, believe it or not, is sheep. Some of you knew that, right? Sheep on average only sleep four hours a day. It's kind of a bit ironic when they, when you have a hard time sleeping and people tell you to count sheep, right? <laughs> but here, there's some things that 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 uh, that sheep need to have in order for them to find peace so that they can sleep. Number one is that sheep have to be free from hunger. Some of us get that with our midnight snacks, right? Sheep have to be free from bugs. Sheep have to be free from fear, and sheep have to be close to the flock. What does that mean? In other words, here's here's the big idea: is that sheep need help to sleep. Sheep are dependent on their shepherd for rest. They depend on that shepherd to lead them to food, don't they? They depend on that shepherd to do everything and anything to help keep the bugs and the parasites away. They depend on the shepherd to keep them safe from the predators. They depend on the shepherd to keep them close to the flock. That's why David is able to write this as a former shepherd boy. He understood this, and so he would say that he, the Lord, Yahweh, he makes me lie down. Do you know that it's impossible to push down a sheep? You could knock them over, but it's really hard to push them down. Trust me, I tried at the Puyallup Fair at the petting barn. I tried to bring a sheep down low for my daughter not to be scared. It was really hard. They're stubborn little beasts, you know? So you cannot make a sheep lie down, but you couldn't make them You could make it possible for them to want to lie down. And that's what David is getting at here. That's what he's talking about. See, a good shepherd can make it possible. He can lead a sheep to a place where they feel at peace and secure to where they will choose to lie down and rest. See, without a shepherd, a sheep will find no rest. Let's look at that verse one more time. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Now, I want to ask you, who's the active one in this verse? The shepherd. That's right. You can talk back. The shepherd. Who's the one that's leading the shepherd? Who's the one in charge? The shepherd. See, the shepherd's job, and trust me, Jesus is a good shepherd. He takes his job serious. He's the one that pa- uh, puts the path before the sheep, and it's the sheep's job to follow that path, to follow the shepherd. The shepherd. Friends, let me tell you, we can learn a lot from sheep. You know, we can learn a lot from sheep. You know, sheep, sheep don't get up and, and get all worried and stressed out for all these things like we do. All right, many of us, we wake up and the first thing that, that happens is that our mind gets flooded with all this, 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 these anxious thoughts and all these to-do lists. And, and we start getting worked up before we even put a foot on the ground. It floods us. We get consumed with it. Fear starts to creep in. Worry starts to creep in. What if sheep don't wake up and look at a map and wonder where are we going to go to get our food for the day? No, they trust the good shepherd. They know that the shepherd's going to lead them to what they need when they need it. What would happen, friends, to our anxiety level if we wake up each morning and we come with that same posture, that same attitude, and know that we have a good shepherd in heaven who knows us, who cares for us, and who wants to lead our life? What would happen if that was true to us. You know, Jesus in his famous sermon on the mount, he talked about the antidote to the restless soul. He says this in Matthew chapter six, verse 25. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will wear. I love that Jesus uses the basic human needs. He says, is life not more than food or the body more than clothes? He says, look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store in any barns and they, yet their heavenly father feeds them. Listen to this. He says, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Verse 31, he says, so don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans, those that don't believe in God, he says, they run after these things, but your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you as well. Listen to this, verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Now, what Jesus is not saying is that, is that we can't have wisdom in how we plan out our day. He's not saying that we can't plan out our weeks or plan out our years. He's not saying that. He's not saying that that we should just do nothing and just sit there and just wait for things to come to us. No, he gave us a brain. He gave us this gift of abilities and skills and talents and all that. He wants us to use that to glorify him. But what he is saying is that we need to trust in the heavenly father who cares for us about every basic need that we have and then some. And that's how you put your trust in him fully for everything. Here's another thing about a good shepherd is that he leads his sheep, he doesn't drive his sheep. He leads his sheep, he doesn't drive his sheep. Now, my in-laws in Missouri, they, 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 they live, uh, across from them is, is, a, is a field and, and there's shepherds there and, and they have about 100 to 150 sheep. And every time I go over there in a visit, I, I enjoy uh, in the morning waking up, having a cup of coffee and watching this shepherd go to work to feed the sheep. And, and what is interesting to me is that he'll go out into the middle of the field and he'll just do a call And it's interesting that all the sheep from wherever they're at on this big hill, they start coming from every place when they hear that shepherd's call. And they all come, and they all gather in front of the shepherd. And then the shepherd, when they all come together, he starts leading them to the trough, and then they start to eat. I think that's fascinating. I watch it every time. It just blows my mind that they hear his call, they know his voice, and they come. I actually saw that. I saw it in Scripture many times, but it was cool to see it in person, to see how they respond, because they know their shepherd. And see, a good shepherd, he goes ahead of the flock, and the sheep follow him. Why? Because they trust the shepherd. I want to ask you this morning, can you put that much trust in your good shepherd? How about a better way to say, do we? (laughs) Not can we, but do we? Here's the bottom line. If you take notes, this is a good place to write this down. When I trust in his provision, I can rest in his presence. When I trust in his provision, I can rest in his presence. We're looking for rest. We need to trust in his provision. So what does the good shepherd provide? What is his provision? Well, according to David, it's two things. It's green pastures and still waters. So let's, let's look at this because this is not just poetic language, but this is actually a reality. This is an eternal truth that God promises to those who trust in him, who make him their shepherd. So green pastures, let's, let's think about that. I'm not sure what you imagine when you think or, or read that, that, that verse about green pastures. I, I think here we're so blessed in the evergreen state in the great Pacific Northwest that when we think of green pastures, we probably think of, of acres of, of knee-high, lush, thick green grass. Somewhere up in Enumclaw or Puyallup or, or central Washington, right? We think of that. Well, let me tell you, that's not where the Bible is written. In fact, David's from Bethlehem, and if you think of Bethlehem, and you look at the climate, and you see the region, you understand that it's not known for, for being green. No, it's known for being rocky and dry. So if a shepherd wanted to, well, let's back that up a little bit. A shepherd, if they wanted to feed their sheep, they would have to lead their sheep to the fringes of the wilderness close to the desert because that's where there would be enough wild vegetation to feed their sheep. So they would have to travel through and get to a place like that that would feed to be enough uh, vegetation for them to feed their sheep. Shepherd had to understand the weather patterns and, and they had to, to, to feed their flock. And so uh, that first picture I wanted to show you was a shepherd. Uh, there's a shepherd guy. And so look, imagine that. So this is, this is a, a picture from... Israel. This is, this is what a, 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 a Jewish shepherd would, would look like, and that's what it would look like them walking around and leading their flock. The second one's a modern photo of, of a kid, a shepherd boy, and this is actually in Israel near Jerusalem. And, uh, and as you look through that, you, you, it looks like it's a bunch of rocks, doesn't it? It looks like it's a big rock field, and, and it is. And you might wonder, you go like, that doesn't make any sense. It looks like these sheep are grazing... In the Rockfield, but what's unique about this region? What's unique about this southern Israel place, like near Jerusalem and Bethlehem, is that they had the Mediterranean Sea on one side, and then they had real dry air from the desert on the other side. And what that would do is that it would create this 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 uh, this, this humid air that would come through in the morning, and they would have heavy dew. Uh, 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 on all the rocks, and all the grass, and so what that would do is that, is that that would cause there to be grass sprouts that would come up on those rocks. And the shepherd knew that. And so he would take these sheep and he would take them through these rocky fields, and, and, and he would know that there was these grass sprouts for them to eat off of. And he would take them there. And so when this original uh, audience would, would read that verse, this is what they thought of. This is what they imagined. And I think that kind of blows my mind. Doesn't that change things when you think of that scripture? Here's what it tells us. It tells us that sometimes when God is leading us to a place, it can look barren at first, right? It can look like it's not what we expected. I mean, we're looking for the acres of lush green grass, and yet God is leading us to a bunch of rocks. But then when I get there, I realize that he can provide what I need when I need it. And even if I'm in a bunch of rocks, God's going to still provide for me what I need, right? So the green pastures is less about the provision and more about the provider, When I trust in his provision, then I can rest in his presence. Because even if I'm going to fill the rocks, he's going to find a food source. He's going to find something to nourish me and to raise me up in. That's what that means. That's what green pastures means to this original audience. Changes things, doesn't it? See, the thing about a shepherd, too, and the way the Lord leads his sheep, is that he leads us step by step, doesn't he? Just enough for when we need in that moment. I'm not just talking about monetary provisions. Now, now, I know that God will provide for us in many ways, but what I'm really talking about is, is the things that you cannot buy. That's like peace, and joy, grace. See, the good shepherd wants you to trust in him for what you need right now so you can worry less about what you'll need tomorrow, right? That's what he does. That's what he's showing us. And a good shepherd will lead us to a place where, we can, where he can give us what we need when we need it. We don't like to hear that, do we? We want it all now, but God is trying to teach us something. He's trying to show us who he is and reveal more of who he is, and the only way he can do that is for us to trust him step by step, moment by moment, and, and we really trust and know that he's going to supply our need when we need it. Now, one of my favorite scriptures that reiterates this is in the New, New Testament, it's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says this, he says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive what? Mercy and grace to help us when? In our time of need. I like another translation that says when we need it the most. See, with God, you don't get what you need for the moment until the moment arrives. I don't, we don't like that. There's bring some tension there, right? We want it early. (laughs) We want it before so that we can trust, but that's not how God works. That's not how trust works. That's not how relationship works. He says, trust me, trust me. You know, as, as we are um, in our Bible in a year plan, I don't know how many of you guys are doing that, but I'm having a lot of fun going through it. Right now we're reading the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelations, and every day we have a reading plan. You could still jump on and be part of that. But right now, we just got done with the book of Leviticus, and now we're in the book of Numbers. Right? I don't know if I talked to any of you guys into joining the plan when I said that. Uh, but what's interesting to me is that when you read through this, it's really about the journey of the children of Israel being, being free from bondage in Egypt, and they're going through the wilderness for 40 years, and they're learning to be dependent on God. They're learning to make God their shepherd. That's really what, what's happening here and what we're reading through, and we're seeing their journey that's taken 40 years for them to learn this lesson. What's interesting is that during that time, one of the lessons that they were learning is that they were in this, this time in the wilderness where they ran out of food. And they looked around and they were like, we don't have enough food source around here to sustain us. And so what God did is that he heard their call and he provided for them food from heaven. He, fr- he provided for them bread from heaven called manna. But what he did is that he gave them as much as they needed for the day. And his instructions to them was, take as much as you need for that day, but don't take more than what you need for that day. Why did God say that? Because he wanted them to know that he would provide for the next day, for the next week. He wanted them to understand that he was there with them, that he wasn't just going to give them all the stuff but not walk with them. He says, I'm going to be with you. And so he told them, he says, don't take more. Well, obviously, there's some people that were a little bit like nervous about it, and they ended up going out and gathering the daily ration but they wanted to get a little extra because they thought maybe maybe God's not for reals maybe maybe God might not do what he said he would do maybe maybe God I got to hold a little bit back for myself a little extra just in case you know what happened to that extra the next day the bible says it rotted with maggots let me tell you when god tells us that he will supply, when God tells us that he will provide, when God brings it to us and says, will you just trust me with tomorrow because I, I'm the God who holds you today, and we begin to worry, it rots our faith, it rots our rest. Do you know that God supplied manna every day for 14,600 days consecutively? <laughs> Something tells me that God could be trusted at his word when he says that he'll apply, supply your daily needs, Right? Matthew 6, 36, I love the message where it says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things will come up when the time comes. What would happen if we really believed this? What would happen to us if we really trusted at this? What would happen to us? I think we would be less stressed and more rested if we can take God at his word we can hold on to his truths that he's given us. You know, there's a rabbinical uh, saying that says this. It says, worry is dealing with tomorrow's problems on today's pastures. When we can trust in his provision, he can, we can rest in his presence. We know that the, that the shepherd leads, a good shepherd leads his sheep to the green pastures, doesn't he? Not only for their rest, but also for their nourishment. He wants to feed them well. See, sheep got to sleep and sheep got to eat, don't they? See, our faith will grow. We will build ourselves up. We will, we will be strong enough to sustain whatever's ahead of us when we learn to graze on God's word, amen? And I want to tell you, we got we to gotta pay attention to what we're allowing in. What are we grazing on? What are we consuming in our soul? What are, we, what are the things that we're bringing in? Let me tell you, I got to confess, there's been a season in my life where I had to stop listening to talk radio. the news. (laughs) Because what I was really realizing is I was consuming myself with all that stuff and it started bringing anxiety, started bringing me worry, started bringing paranoia. It started making me frustrated and angry and I was spending more time listening to that, consuming that stuff than I was in God's word. I think some of you understand that. And you need to understand and and, and realize, what am I bringing in? What am I consuming? Maybe for you, it's media coming from all different places, and you're saying, man, I'm filling myself up, and I don't understand why I'm anxious all the time. I don't understand why I can't turn things off. I can't understand why why I can't find rest. Well, what are you consuming? Start there. What are you bringing in? Maybe you're just bringing in a lot of stuff that's making you anxious, and you need to stop, you need to cut it, and you need to start feasting on God's word on God's word. Jeremiah, the prophet, he says, when the Lord's word came to me, he says, I ate them, I, I took it in, I consumed it. He says, and it was a joy to my heart, and it was a delight to my soul. I want to ask you, is that how you feel about God's word? I mean, do you just go through it, or do you let it be in part of you? Do you get in it? Do you you allow God's word to just be that that sweet honey on your lips where you recite it and you read it and you take it in? I mean, you find that joy in getting in God's word. Are you learning to graze into God's word? You know, Jesus said this when he talked to about himself. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. You know, when the original audience heard that, they heard it as, I am the manna from heaven. I am the bread of life. I am the one that came down so that I can sustain you in your wilderness journey. That's what Jesus is saying to him. And he says, whoever, and I loved when Jesus says, whoever, whosoever, because that means it's a choice. And it says, whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Friends, I want to tell you that when I read this verse, when I read through what Jesus says about himself, it's like a New Testament version of Psalms 23 because I realize in that that Jesus is our green pasture. Jesus is our still waters, right? He is. That's who he is. And we get to experience that every day as he draws us to himself. If we're praying and we're saying, God, lead me Make me lie down in green pastures and lead me beside still waters. When God is calling you to do that, are you ignoring him? Are, are you filling yourself up with other things and you're not hungering after him? Because he will lead you there. Think about it, your day. Think about how you, you manage and how you work throughout your day. It's, you know his call, don't you? You know there's times where you have a pocket or a space of time in your life and he's trying to draw you in because he's leading you. He's bringing you in so that you can receive what you need to receive from him. Yet oftentimes we hit the snooze button, we ignore it, we we, we get busy with other things, and we're not not getting what he's trying to supply. We're not grabbing his provision that he's trying to put in our soul. And then we go through life and we wonder why we're restless, we wonder why we're anxious, we wonder why we're stressed out. When he says, if you just trust me, I will lead you so that you could get all that you need. That's what he's saying. That's what this is about. That's what, 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 what uh, David is trying to drive home. That's the goodness of our God. Is that he wants to bring us in. He wants us to apply it. And he wants to give us rest. Because when I can trust in his provision, then I can rest in his presence. When I know his presence. Uh, what's amazing to me is I, I, I look at this and I say, okay, God, you're doing something here. You're, there, there's something in this passage that you're really trying to, trying to get into us to understand how this all works. How do I find this rest? Is it more than just words on the page, but how does it apply to my life? How does it get worked through? And I think it's simple. I think it's just him calling us and we just answer that call that we receive his, his leaning or our leading in our lives. Now, well, worship team, come and, as we, we close and get ready to respond. When I, I'm around believers that, you know, I mentioned earlier that um, in week one, that, you know, this whole, this whole psalm, this whole passage is to help us have this um, Outer stability that only comes from an inner tranquility. That, that 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 there's this peace inside that no matter what happens around us, that we could be we could be solid on the inside. We can have peace that surpasses all understanding. That's what God offers His people, and if we put Him as our shepherd, we will receive that. And I notice that the people who do that, the people who have that, are the people who understand. They they, they graze on God's word daily. There are people who wake up and they and, and they go to the to, to the the best time of the day and they, they 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 graze on God's word. They take time and they know that, that God's word is saturated with the living water. And they they receive it and they and they spend time with it. You know, I was thinking about this and I thought, okay, what, what's what's happening here? So just imagine um, if you saw me at uh at the store like let's just say fred Myers is not that far uh and uh and i was getting gas and you saw me and i'm getting gas filling up and and i'm checking my tires and i'm putting air in them and and you're just kind of looking and you're saying oh um that's interesting you know what's he doing there and then i pull out these coolers and i put food in there and i put ice in there and i'm going and it wouldn't take you long to realize omar's preparing for something he's going on a trip He's getting things together. He's, 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 he's going somewhere. I want to tell you that these verses, these, there's there, there's a progression happening here. I want to tell you that when I read through this, you know, before you get to the parts of, of verse 4 and 5 where it says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, where before it says that he makes a, a place for me in the presence of my enemies, before he gets there, you have to realize that there's a progression there. Because before that, it says that. He makes me lie down by green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. What does that mean? That means that he's preparing us for something. That means that this is all for us to to grow and to receive his provision, to prepare us, because there's a trip ahead of us. And what a good shepherd knows is that he's not just supplying your need now, but he's supplying you for what's ahead. And a good shepherd always knows what's ahead of you. And so for many of us, we're lacking that time with God to get the provision, to, to, to get what he has to strengthen us. Because see, God doesn't want you to walk through the valley hungry and thirsty. He wants you to be full. He wants you to be courageous. He wants you to walk in there trusting in him. And many of us, man, when we go through that valley, as life is leading us through these valleys that are hard to navigate, we can be tempted to, 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 to fall. He wants to sustain you. He wants to build you up. He wants to make you strong. He doesn't want you to be, be hungry and thirsty. He wants you to be full, ready, strong, and courageous. And so, what I realize is that how you handle the hard seasons of your life will have everything to do with how you handle these green pasture moments that God is leading you to. He's preparing you for something, He's getting you ready. That's what a good shepherd does. But if we keep denying it, we keep refusing it, if we keep looking for other sources, filling ourselves up with other things, then when the time comes, we're going to be shook. When the time comes, we're not going to be strong enough. When the time comes, we're we're, we're going to go places that we never thought we'd go to. We're going to wander off, but that's not God's plan for us. God went to great lengths to make sure that He's there and available to you all the time, that He wants to bring you in. He wants to let you have that rest in Him. So can we do that? Can we, can we search our heart today and say, God, where am I in this? Okay, if you hear, can you stand to your feet? We're going to close in prayer. But my big idea for you today is just like, man, if you are restless today, I want to pray for you. If you feel like you have a restless soul, you're anxious, you're worried, and you hear these words and you're just like, man, I want that. I want you to know that God hears your prayers. He knows your heart. And he wants to bring that peace. He wants to restore you. He wants to bring you back to where he knows you need to be. Will you trust in your good shepherd? I want to pray for you. If you're online, I want to pray for you. Right now, let's pray. Let's let's let the Lord search our heart right now. And again, it begins at the very beginning. This is the Lord is my shepherd. Come on, have you made the Lord your shepherd? Have you said, Lord, I need you to lead my life. I'm going to bring it to you. I'm going to surrender it all to you. That's where you start. You won't get to the other part if you don't start there. So maybe for some of you, that's where you start. Say, Lord, be my shepherd. Lord, I'm going to trust in you. So go ahead and make that decision. Go ahead and make, pray that prayer. Talk to the Lord. He knows your heart. And then the second part, you can say, God, I'm just restless, God. God, I'm just weary. I'm just tired, God. I'm anxious all the time. I'm worried about things, and I'm not trusting you enough. Will you just take this moment to just say, Lord, help me, God? I want to trust you. I want to, uh, but Lord, I've, I've neglected time with you. I've just wanted the provision, but I have not spent time with the provider. I have not known you that way. And I want to, and I want to make that decision right now, God, that I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to receive what your word says. I'm going to take time. I'm going to make time. Because you are my green pasture. You are my still waters. So quiet my soul with your presence, Lord. And in order to do that, I need to trust in your provision that you have every day. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to get consumed with the what ifs. Lord, I'm going to trust in the right now. And right now, your presence is saying that you love me, you're with me, you'll never leave me nor forsake me, that I can trust in you. So, Lord, I'm going to trust in that. So, God, I just lift up my friends right now. God, if they're making these big decisions, big steps, Lord, will you show them, God, that you heard them, that you're there with them, that they're not alone, that you're guiding them through this life, Lord. God, we thank you for your holy word. We thank you that it brings comfort to our soul. God, we pray, God, that we will walk out of here, God, with this, with this plan and this heart to find our rest in you. To really make that time with you, Lord. So I thank you for that. Thank you for that reminder. We love you, good shepherd. We praise your name, Lord, forever and ever. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Again, just know that next week we're having our business meeting after the 1130 service. We're so thankful for you. Hey, we have an amazing kids team right now that is serving our kids and our kiddos, right? We're so excited for that, bringing that back in. Uh, so will you do me a favor, parents in the room or guardians in the room, will you, when you go down there, will you, give, will you just tell them some appreciation? Let them know that you appreciate them because they're serving a lot and uh, and we know that our kids are blessed. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.